Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Now, I have a very special guest today. And also, I, I, I have to give a little of an explanation before I introduce you to her. I went to Tuscany, some of you know, for a writer's retreat last October. And the writer's retreat, um, a lot of the people that were there had taken the online course like I had. And the woman's name is Allison Waring. And you can find her course called Memoir Inc. Um, you know, Facebook group, she's online. But anyway, the course is phenomenal. So after taking the course, when I found out that I could go meet Allison live, I went to Tuscany. And most, a lot of you know, I've been to Italy many, many times. So any excuse, it, it, it's not exactly a burden. Now, when I got to the airport in Rome, and we were all supposed to meet in a little cafe in the airport, the women that were going to be there, and I think we had been told there would be 20 or 23 women there, and we got on the bus to go out to Tuscany. So it was two hours to the winery that we were staying at. Well, our guest today's name is Ann Coulter, and I noticed her. I saw her immediately because she's dynamic and funny as hell. And also she makes her presence known, okay, in the best way possible. But the first time I heard her say anything, the bus driver or the guide or somebody was trying to tell us to all be quiet because they had announcements to make. And of course you put 23 women in a bus and we're like, noisy. we're like, it's herding cats and we're noisy as can be. And she turns around and her Australian lilt accent said, hey, shut up mates, they're trying, she's trying to talk. And I burst out laughing because I thought, well, and we all got quiet. And I thought now that solved the problem, didn't it? None of this little, shh, or let's listen or anything. It was just, shut up, mate. She's trying to talk. So that's who I saw Anne, and I thought, oh, I can totally work with this. Okay, I can totally work with this. This is someone after my own heart. So that's my lengthy introduction to how I met Anne. And now I'm going to ask her some questions. I want her to come on the podcast because I have to tell you something. Anne is... Um, what I call and what our friend Pat, who's an aging expert, calls Anna's aging well. Okay, and that's what I think. It's not, I, I hate the expression anti aging because there's no such thing as anti aging. You're going to age. But aging well to me is what I'm looking for in life. And I have found it in you. So welcome. Hello, Anne. Hello, and thank you very much. And probably what I said was shut the fuck up. You know, I believe that was, and I may have cleaned it up a tiny bit, though. We know that my language is hardly, I may have, I, 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 I thought you'd you'd say it yourself. Now, first of all, people need to know, Anne, that you live in Australia. So that we bonded when we were on the trip. You know, we were there for, what, six days, seven days. Anne and I had some, we had talks, and we ate lunch together, and we had wine together. And so when I said to her, I want you to come on my podcast it was to just 
talk about the different things that you are doing. But let's start with this, Anne. Tell us a little bit about your background. You know, you were born in Australia, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I was born in Australia in a small town where nearby a very small fishing village, which it was back in the day in 1948. And so that makes me 75, bordering on 76. Uh, I was the seventh of nine children and I have seven siblings still alive. My oldest sister is 88. She is wow. married to an Italian, by the way. <laughs> Lucky he, her. He, he unfortunately died some time ago because he was old, but she is old, but she hasn't died yet. <laughs> she gets to go to the hospital and have CT scans of her head every now and then, and I reckon she's got frequent flyer miles. But that's another story. So I was born in 1948, number seven, nine kids. Picture this. Sicily, 2020. No, 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 no. My mother was born in 1913. This is interesting because she always said she was born a year before a war but she was never going to tell us which war. Oh, how funny. That's it true. happened to be the WW1 war. Yeah. So here I am, number seven, nine kids. Uh, the oldest ones are sort of looking after all the young ones, which is my excuse. I reckon that's what went wrong. I'm <laughs> sure I was dropped on my head at least five times, uh, and that probably improved the situation. <laughs> I went to the little local school, for obviously all of my primary schooling, which was eight years, starting, of course, at five and a half. And then I went to a Catholic convent for two years. Now, that was an interesting experience. Sure, I was going to be a nun at the end of that, absolutely certain. They said, no, find something else to do. So I ended up going and doing, uh, well, I went down to, to Brisbane to live with my godmother, godparents, and they looked after me there for two years, and it was my godmother who said, Annette, because that's actually my real name, Annette, ah. Annette, you know, good Italian name, Annette, you should go, well, with nothing Italian about it, but it's French, actually, but that's another story. <laughs> Annette, you should go nursing. And, of course, at 16, I have no idea what she's talking about. I said, should I? She said, <laughs> yes. I said, why? She said, well, because when you're a nurse, you can get a job at any time in your life. You can travel. I mean, to me, I'd, I'd only just gone from Malulabar to Sandgate. So I thought, well, I've already traveled. <laughs> you know, it's an hour's trip, you know, but back in the day, it was two hours. So, you know, oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, she encouraged me probably wrote the application. I'm sure I wouldn't have been able to do it myself. So she encouraged me to apply. Now, good news and bad news. Good news is I didn't get to the Mater Misericordiae Hospital. That's a Catholic hospital. And the bad news is, well, that was the good news, really, because <laughs> I didn't get to work at a Catholic hospital, which meant I didn't get bedeviled by nuns every day of the week. What I got to do was start at the Brisbane General Hospital. And the Brisbane General was just for all of us non-whatevers who went there at the age of 17. And sure enough, 17 in one month, I started my nursing. 
That's and amazing. that was that was That's really the beginning of my life, Denise. Thank God, Anne, that the nuns didn't want you. You know, he, he, here's my story. I, I, I think it's thank God that they didn't want me either. But they did send me off to the Brisbane General. So, they, you know, they weren't that worrying about whether I got out yeah. into the world or not. And so, Anne, you mentioned many things. So you started your career when you were, so you started studying at 17 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. However, now, don't forget one quick thing. We yeah. weren't studying anything. We were doing the thing. Oh, my God. We were apprentices. I see. They took so you us and put us, yeah. They put us into hospitals and said, go for your life, mate. <laughs> and let us go. I mean, they wound us up like this, you know, wind, 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 and then send us. <laughs> well, you learn when you're doing. Now, uh -huh. that, that, that's amazing and wonderful. Now, so then, Anne, I know that you were married and you have a son, a beautiful son. When did you have time to get married when you were 17 and you were already going to school? Well, I didn't. And anyway, if I had done, they would have kicked me out of the nursing, wouldn't they? Because you can't be married and nurse at the same time in 1965. Oh so don't forget, God. I started my nursing in 65 and I finished my first registered nursing certificate when I was 21. So oh. that's when they really wound me up and sent me out. Yeah. Yeah. So Amazing. I didn't get married until I was 42. See, that may be one of the solutions. Maybe that's why I'm young. Yeah. <laughs> that I didn't know that. That you didn't no, get I was 40. I married oh, I married at the age of 42 and I had my son when I was 43 and my son is now 32. Yes, I know you adore him. You talk about him with with you adore him. You love him. Yes, death. I do. Yes, I well, do. Well, so you had a whole life before you got married. Yes, I did. And thank God for that. I know. <laughs> no, and this is all, see, this is all part of it. And when I talk about aging well, or when I think about it, and I'm talking about me, I'm talking about me. I have read so many books. There's so many books out there now on um aging well and we have a dear friend pat greenberg that comes on every couple of months and that's what her book is called eat well live well or age well i always say it wrong but it's a great book it's on amazon it's pat greenberg and she comes from a nutritional background and but which is wonderful but one of the things Anne, and this is all the stuff that and some of the things that we talked about and all of the stuff that i've seen about you I watched you in Italy and you are constantly in motion. Okay. It was hard. You, I know you sat during class and you were so good, but even then you, the minute we had a break, you were out of the room taking pictures. You were taking pictures. Then when you weren't taking pictures, you were working on your phone with, you know, working on the pictures. You wrote, we all were writing during the workshop, which is wonderful. I was lucky, we were all lucky you shared with us some of your writing. And then when I got to know you more, Anne, I realized that you're just a bundle of energy. That's what yeah. you are. And you are- Yeah, and, yeah and, and, and there are several ways to look at that. 
One of them is I'm a pain in the butt. No, 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 I don't believe that. Well, to, to, there are some people for whom I'm a pain in the butt. I think one of my sisters thinks I'm a bit of a pain in the butt because I saw her in London before I came to Tuscany and I didn't stop walking, you know, and moving. Yes. And she, and, 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 and Denise talking. Yes. That's my big thing, although I did not talk in the class and I did not scrape those chairs. No. <laughs> that was now, a let's... serious issue. Okay. I tried not to scrape my chair either, but I got pissed, pissed once or twice. And when she pissed, pissed at me, one of the women, I almost stuck my tongue out of my mouth at her to say, stop pissing me. Okay. Those chairs... You could, it, I tried. And of course, for our friend Anna, who had the bad knee, every time she moved her chair, it scraped. It was a very, very noisy floor. That's what I'm going to say. Very noisy floor. I think in future, all floors should be silenced. I'm going to tell you something. It was it, people, for our listeners, we were in a beautiful old barn that had been re done and they were wooden chairs on like a concrete floor so of course they made a lot of noise but no you were quiet during class everyone was because it was so much information that we wanted to hear yeah it was yeah. fabulous actually fabulous so we're eating hmm. lunch one day Anne and I are sitting next to each other and she starts to tell me about having been a nurse for how many years Anne? so how many years <laughs> 50, I was nursing for 50, but I've only just started back again yesterday. I know. Now, that's the part we're going to get to that. Because, again, another sign of how you're aging well. And when you sent me that text, well, we can see it right now. So, Anne was a nurse for 50 years. And you did retire, though, Anne, right? You retired. Accidentally. It was because my ex-husband thought he would be happy in far southern, southern New, uh, New South Wales. And okay. he wasn't, so, but I had to retire in order to go down there. I see. Okay. So I get it. I understand. A forced retirement. I looked for work down there, but there wasn't. Any. Anyway, that's another story. Okay. But, so now, you're living where you want to, and yep. you you travel a lot. I know you travel a lot. And I, I only just started. I only just started back again because I was melancholic after the divorce, which coincided with COVID. I understand. Okay, yeah. big life change. Big life change. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to fail. I don't do failure. I understand. I know, honey. But you know what? You can't think of it as failure. You have to think of it as letting go or moving on. Yeah, but I, I do all of that. I do yes, all of do. that, Denise. Yes. Now I do all of that, and I still feel at some times that little part of me that didn't make it work. Okay. There's always that part, you know. That's one okay. of the parts things. Okay. That, that's well, fine. I'm okay with that, though. Yeah. Now I had that when I got divorced. After we don't, we'd only been married for seven or eight years, and but I put him through through med school, you know, through dental school. And we, you know, I, I thought it was going to be forever. And I couldn't wait to divorce the man. Okay. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. I, 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 I was so tired of him and his 
attitude by the time we were finished. But I will tell you this, much like what you're saying, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, because most of our listeners are women of a certain age. They are women that are in their 50s or 60s or 70s. And when we hear from the man, we all have, you know, our lives are all so different. And yet then they're also similar. Yep. I felt a terrible failure when yeah. I got divorced. I know that. And then I, I was from a fairly small town in Northern California, outside of San Francisco. And of course, in those days, they put it in the newspaper. Oh, so, my God. Oh, yes. So everyone yeah, that, knew. Yeah, everyone knew. That would have suited you, you media slut. (laughs) I was absolutely, and you know what? I was really mortified. It was because, and not so much that my marriage ended. I mean, okay. Actually, now I totally forgive myself because actually I now realize that I knew it was the right thing to do and I got out and started a whole nother life. And so kudos to me that I've kind of known in my life when it was time to get off the stage as Okay, but to my family, to my Italian family, and to Mm. my father, who had only, you know, eight years before paid for um, this extraordinary wedding, this extraordinary wedding, as my mother would say, it's only it was only 400 of our closest friends. (laughs) Um, It it was I hung on to it. But you know what? That's all part of it. It's all part of it. And letting go of it and forgiving yourself. I think forgiving yourself is one of the most important things you can do to feel is to keep going. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. And the, that's the one thing that I have, uh, you know, you know how the thing that gets you, which is what you said, my son, and whether or not my son was traumatized, daddy, 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 he was yeah. old enough not to be traumatized, but he was traumatized, of course. Sure. And I was, and I was much older. Yes. So, you know, my, my my greatest concern is always how my son Joshua feels about it, not really even how I feel about it, because, I, you know, I'm already, I, I've told him he can have both my kidneys if he needs them. I, I said, I, but. I said one at a time is probably a good plan. However, if you need them both, you can have them. And he said, thanks, Mum. Right now I'm doing okay. Honey, I know. See, this is, oh, God, Anne, good for you. And what a wonderful mother to give her, that would give her son her kidneys. Now, now what I want to talk about is that you, See, every Anne and I, we're all still in our Tuscany troop, as we're called. We're all still in communication. Am I allowed to talk? Am I allowed to talk with about you and the food? Oh yes, please. Okay, yes. You have to tell your now. I would have gotten there, but please tell your version of me at the um at the retreat at the writing retreat. Well, from the get go. From the moment the first meal was even conceived, let alone born, this Denise Vivaldo was on it. Oh, my goodness, she was on it. And she was right. And I just kept saying, but, Denise, you're not here for the food. You're not here for the food. She said, I am. I'm always for the food. (laughs) 
I said, no, no, you're not here for the food. You're here no. for the bloody memoir. Okay. You, and you're one of the few people, of course, by the end of the week that would still sit with me because by then I'd burn everyone else out saying, this food is shit. This food is shit. And it was. But never mind. You know what, Anne? The good news is exactly what we're just talking about. I've totally let go of it. I don't even, I mean, I had to because, but you were right. You were so good. You would just say very calmly, no matter how much ranting I was doing, you would say, "It, you, Denise, you didn't come for the food. And you were right. Now, yeah. I had to get over it. I didn't want to, but I had to get over it. And the bottom line was, what I got out of the troop, and that's what I was starting to say, that we're all still in communication. And we're oh all on WhatsApp. If people know what that is, it's see, I used to go to Singapore to work and different places, and all the students would say to me, You're on, are you on WhatsApp? And I didn't know what they were talking about. That this is an international, it's a global free way for people to text and call each other. Yeah. So I had to get on it for to keep in communication for us to go on this retreat. And now, so the listeners know we're all still, we have a stream. So we all, we talk, you know, and then we've also have a private, that's right, private Facebook group that we- I don't understand how that works, but anyway. It's all fabulous. But here's the reason. After spending that time together, and you can't, and those of the people that are listening that have written, and there's a lot of writers that listen to us, Anne, and people that I, a lot of our listeners are former students of Cindy's and mine. There are people that we worked with in the industry, um, you know, so, and a lot of food people, a lot of Mm -hmm. food. So the bottom line was as we've gotten back, and we became friends. You become friends because we're reading each. Each of us is reading something that we wrote that is so personal. Mm. And you're in a safe place. And I mean, but there were days when people read and people said, oh, I'm not. And everybody's, you know, and this is anybody that's ever been a writer knows. You think your work is shit. You don't want to read it out loud. It takes you a really long time to realize that your work is of value mm. and but in the beginning it's so hard for people so people these women all women i kept saying men probably never write memoir do they because they don't they don't want to go that deep i mean that's i don't mean to be rude well, but my no. understanding is yes they do because we know we've seen them and some of them are people that Alison Wearing says yeah, um, you know, and she quotes and 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 uses those good examples. So very rarely they do. Rarely, um, yeah, I think but, they but, write about war. I think they write about their war memoirs. And, I mean, can know, I just say one thing please, on that please. on that note? Because I've also done three psychotherapy training courses. So Got in it. the in the middle of all of the things that I've been doing, every now and then, when I found out that in the first place I said, "Oh my God, I'm neurotic." But I was 28 at the time. Oh, my God, I'm neurotic. You know, I, I identify with that bloody New York fella who made all the movies, Annie Hall. You know the one I'm talking yeah. about. Little, Woody little Allen. Thank you. 
I just said little short ass guy. But anyway, so it was when um, I thought I was neurotic and I went to therapy, but she said to me, yes, you can do this faster. When I asked her, you can actually do the training course. And I said, who hey, me? I'm only a nurse. She said, oh, don't be ridiculous, Anne. <laughs> so, yeah. so I did it first for two years part-time while I was working, da-da-da-da-da. And then I did it again when Joshua was about, well, 12, actually. I know exactly how old he was. Uh, that was a three-year part-time thing. And then I did another different somatic psychotherapy course called Hakomi in 2017, 2018. So I have three times in my life said, all right, go and do something about yes. your psyche, mate. Yes. What a wonderful thing. How healthy. How healthy. Yeah. Well, it's the only way, isn't it? Well, and if we, and the same thing and with you writing, people, the women that were there, this is what I kept thinking. Yeah. A lot of the first things, and this is because they're new writers, they were writing about terribly painful experiences. I mean, yeah. someday I couldn't even make eye contact sometimes after yeah. somebody had written, only because I, I was so, I admired them. Yeah. I was also horrified that this had happened to them in life. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, I, I mean, do. Nothing but absolute, you just, and, and also, but I admired them so much that they were brave enough to write about it. I mean, this was deep stuff. Yeah, and, and what they showed, Denise, is dignity yes. and respect. Dignity yeah. and self-respect, even though that was a struggle because it is when you have been traumatised. Absolutely. And so that's maybe why you understood my trauma about the food. Well, darling, yes, I did. And I would have been recommending you to go and have some sort of somatic psychotherapy. I mean, I would have done it for you, mate. You know? And all I'm going to say is this, because you will understand it, but I've complained about it. I'm going to say this, hand green beans in Tuscany. That's all I'm going to say. Now. <laughs> So here's another conversation that we had, and so I that so that people will understand. Yeah. So we're, we're all now. What's has been talk about the buddy system, which I think again, aging well. One of the things that I think about, Anne, is what we've talked about: movement. You're always yeah. in motion, and the body surfer. She's this. She's that. every time I'm sending her a text, goes, "Oh, I've got to that." Way to the beach. Oh, I'm and then she faxes me a faxes. See how old I am. She emails or texts me a picture, and she's always surrounded by like twenty year old kids that you've met at the beach. That's right, or anywhere, anywhere. Your social network. So we're talking about movement and social network. And I see you, and I know this in the same way. I have a lot of young friends. They were students of Cindy's and mine. They came to us, you know, and took food styling classes, or they were new baby chefs or whatever. When I talk to those women, when I'm out with women that are, are young girls that are younger than me, it gives me a lift. Yeah. It, it gives me a lift. Yeah, what happens with me is I start conversations, for example, uh, when I was on at the beach on the weekend, last weekend, two young girls, and I'm talking very young, uh, 14, 15, 16, mats, the ones that okay. I sent you the photograph of me with, they're very interested to hear about 
my life, my nursing, my worldview. Yes. What I feel about them being as young as they are now and how fabulously wonderful I think that is. And I tell them, you know, you guys are just fabulous. You're wonderful. And I do say, Denise, don't touch your lips and leave your boobs alone. (laughs) I say that to every young group of women I run into. And, you know, they hang around. Fortunately, today they hang around in groups and that's wonderful. So, you you know, you can get six or seven of them all at once. And I do say to every little group, don't touch your lips and leave your boobs alone. That You know what? I think that's the name of a book. Well, I say it to every group of young women because as far as I'm concerned, the next thing I say to them is you are so beautiful just the way you are. It's true. Please don't believe that you need to change the way you look. It's gorgeous. It's true. And this is, honey, now, so we've talked about movement and social network and being involved, Anne, and having other interests. See, this is the thing. And I know what you're saying during COVID and melancholia and different things, and you'd moved. So when I first retired, it was just so different because it's so different because I'd worked for 50 years every day. And all of a sudden, have to I miss Cindy that's why we started the podcast yeah great but the first year it was okay because I I learned to go to the doctor when something hurt instead of just working through it I mean I had to adjust (laughs) I also you know what I I had to learn to live with my husband of 30 years again because you know what when you both work he had his own business I had my own business we would see each other for an hour in the morning yeah I'm home. I pour a glass of wine. He usually doesn't. I would make us a little dinner. We'd watch TV for an hour. We'd go to sleep. So in reality, except for a few trips, I feel like that for 30 years, we were only together four hours a day. So all of a sudden, we bought this, a new house, sold our other two houses, moved away from Los Angeles, moved north to Ventor. And I looked around so there's no Cindy. And now I've got this stranger, this man yep. who's not going to work anymore. And without his job, at first I thought, wow, that's who is this guy? <laughs> and he's kind of annoying. You know, I really, at first I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, he's annoying. And it did. did, did <laughs> what was I thinking when I married him 30 years ago? <laughs> that was that year. And then COVID hit. But, yep. you know, for us, Anne, and I I'm, I feel so badly for people that didn't have this, who had terrible situations during COVID, but because we were literally forced to entertain each other, yeah, we developed a, a new pattern in our marriage. He plays yeah, well, his car in the afternoon. When yeah. I close the bedroom door or my office door, I'm reading and I don't want to be disturbed. So we, we yeah. developed a whole new you, relationship. You renegotiated. That's exactly right renegotiated i do know this again in social aspects if you as we age as we mature younger people in your life interests in your life all those things i have one or two friends that will say to me well you know my mother just shut down well i I can't think of anything worse than not having an interest and just sitting in the chair you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and and that's why yeah you in the we're a total uh, 
beacon of light when we were in Tuscany. And the other person who, who was totally inspiration to me, who was your friend, was Carol, who lives yep. in Tasmania. And I just want to say this, and Carol had a terrible accident more than half of her life ago, so she needs walking sticks. And yep. yet, so here's this, I see her the first day, charming, so darling, and that smile. But she's on walking sticks in that winery without a paved road in sight. Yeah, it's just pebbles, 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 pebbles. Pebbles and potholes. And there she was, and same getting in or off her bus or anything. And one of the moments, Anne, which is to me, which is why I'm so grateful that I can go places and I can meet new people. But I looked at Carol and I thought, you know, Denise, Next time you want to get out of bed and complain about something, you got to yeah. think about Carol. Yeah. Because yes. she was, that's know, what I got at Tuscany. Yeah. As we both know, so many people of our age who don't yeah. have our physical capacity to do. See, the thing is, what I got from Malulaba is how to body surf. Yes. Um, I didn't get training. I just got thrown into the surf. So you're either drowning or swimming. So you might as well be doing the swimming because the other one doesn't last long. And isn't that a story of life? You're either <laughs> drowning or you're swimming. Now, we are, and I have to tell you, I just want people to know. So what happened is we're all in contact because we're all taking the course again. Okay. Yeah writing course which was lovely that we uh, Allison who is the you know created the course was kind enough to all let us take the course again yeah. without charging us so that she's extraordinary she's extraordinary and I again I just want to say if you google her you'll find her Allison Waring and I I have taken several writing many writing courses and groups in my lifetime yeah. and yeah. and this is to me the most successful for me and for my writing. But what's really fun now is when everybody first said, and another one, Allison not wearing our friend Allison Tucker, she proposed to all of us that we all take the course together again. And when yeah. she first said it, Anne, I thought, oh God, that'll never work. You know what I mean? Because there's yeah. too many differences and I don't want to listen to whining or if yeah. someone about the scraping yeah. chairs yeah yeah but, yeah right oh, right oh. stop scraping the bloody chairs yes exactly so well i but, can't hear them because they're in another country thank you but <laughs> the other side of the court is that i didn't care how many people i told that i didn't like the food so you know bad on me but never mind behind all that what is wonderful is moving forward and i want to say this to our audience to be sitting in your home and to want to be a writer, there are so many resources out there. But is it hard to get up every morning and say, oh, let me just sit at my computer to a blank page and write? Well, of course it is. <laughs> it's her I used I've written in and the books that I accomplished, I did it. There were two things. One, Cindy helped me on every single one. We co-wrote these books. So a lot of them. Or she would help me with the technical skills. If, you know, I would write the stuff and then she would insert it into the book. But the other thing was, I was getting paid. Yeah, yep. When you're getting paid yeah. and you have you have a deadline and you've yeah. taken someone's check, 
it's easy yep. to write to me. Yeah, well, well, but, yeah, it's, it's a little bit like either drowning or swimming, isn't it, mate? Yes. So now it's the same. you're either writing or you're not writing. <laughs> but with our little group now, which I'm so grateful for, and you were the first person that did their homework last week. You posted that. I think you were the first person. We post our homework if we want to. You don't have to. But the thing that's amazing is the accountability that we all feel to have something by Friday. Yeah. I've been writing like a, a maniac. See, once again, Denise, what we have in this little Tuscany group, and I am the first person to say all I'm doing is sitting back here in Australia doing nothing very much, is Alison not wearing, so Alison Tucker and yes. Terry Neal, they oh. are the central hub. Without them, we would not be doing this. So no. it proves another point. You have to have people who are interested, engaged, involved and committed That's and who right. are doing what they're doing for love, not for money. You're right. And so they've created this. I mean, it's it's wonderful. So I just I want to say that again to people when you retire or if you are no longer working, if there is something you can do outside of yourself. Yeah. And that's, you know, people say volunteer work and stuff. I'm still looking in. It's been a couple of years, meaning that we got through COVID. But I uh, there, I tried one or two things. It wasn't a good match um, for me. So I'm looking. I'm looking at now at a, a horse rescue place in Ojai where I just go and feed the horses and clean some of the stalls yeah. and stuff. I would I think that'll work. I tried one or two other things and see because I can't adopt. I can adopt a horse, but I can't bring it home. I looked at the animal shelter and I, I was so depressed when I left because I felt yeah. so bad for all those dogs. That I just, I said, I wrote them a check, but I can't be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you, don't forget you're also doing beyond. You're doing beyond. I a, just, yeah, a certain no, I, I love talking to people. Yeah. But one so, of the you, things, you know, you're not sitting on your backside doing nothing. Uh, but you, so here's what I want to say to people, which is the best part to me about aging well which i look at you as a beacon of aging well body surfing with youngsters keeping yep. all sorts of movement going you see your family you talk about your brothers and sisters but you're writing you take photography and then Anne, when you said to me a couple of days ago i got a job i thought yeah. what so tell us that and then we'll well see what what happened is because I made the decision I was turning 75 and I said to myself hang on what are you doing sitting around here doing nothing you silly woman I had been walking every day it was that I hadn't stopped that I also talked with other people but I was not in any way involved the way I am and I got to the beginning of 2023 and I said to myself right this is it get on with it so I booked myself to go to Bali. I went to Bali and I had two weeks. Can I tell you, I was on the back of a motorbike every day of the week and not once did I break a bone. So proud of you. Then I got back here. I signed up for Memoir Inc. with yeah. Alison. I went down surfing to Stradbroke. I fell off the wave and I broke my collarbone. I didn't just break it. I broke it in six small pieces, which were almost irretrievable. So did I do a good job? Oh, yes, I but sure did. But it didn't keep you down. 
You hardly. No, I've got. I've now got a bar and eight nails holding it in, right? And I came to Tuscany because by that time I had communicated with Carol. I'd been down to stay with her down at her place in Tassie. And Tasmania, that is, for anybody who doesn't understand, that's this tiny little place right down the bottom of Australia. It's got, you know, seagulls and birds and occasional people. Yes. Um, very beautiful little place. And I was down there and then I was back up here. And But out, uh, beforehand, Carol said to me, Anne, take some money out of your super. And I said, oh, well, that's for me old age. <laughs> And she said, oh, I didn't actually. I said, yes. I said, Carol, get off the phone. I'm going to see <laughs> if they've got a place in Tuscany. And she did get off the phone and they did have a place and I booked in. And then I rang her back and said, well, as it turns out, I've now booked. So that's how I got to Tuscany. While I was there, of course, I went to England and Scotland because I have yes. a nursing friend in Scotland, da dee da dee da Well, I'm, I'm continuing because I've got to tell you the rest of the thing. Tuscany came back to Australia. By the way, I talked to all the Italians in my tiny little bit of Italian and very insistent English, and they all loved it, and I have photographs of me with Italians everywhere as well. So it isn't just Australians or Scots or Brits. Everybody is involved in this. So when I came back, I went down to Melbourne, having booked to go to South America in February, I went to Melbourne, minding my own business, bought a pair of op shop jeans for $4. They cost me $404 because I had to go to the hospital to get my fractured wrist fixed. I have had two broken bones all in the last six months. But never before in your life. That hasn't stopped me. I started nursing yesterday. When you sent me the picture of the broken wrist... But your manicure was still perfect. <laughs> I, I thought to myself, okay, there's no holding her back. So tell us this. You decided to find a part-time job to go back Yes, to I work. did. And I, I've been looking for the year, but I was sort of going to Coles and telling them I'm available and da-da-da-da-da. Okay. I saw a woman in the pharmacy okay. just down the road. She was with an elderly woman. And she was obviously helping me out. Now, I've seen this many millions yeah, of times. Sure. Don't misunderstand me. But she had yeah. a little decal on a shirt. Yeah. And I said, now, who are you working for? And she said, I work for FlexiCare. And I said, well, don't just stand there. How do I contact them? Yeah. And she <laughs> said, you look them up. I said, righto. So I did. And I had an interview that following day except they told me it wasn't really an interview. It was more like a chat, but it was an interview. They're just bullshitting, aren't they? Anyway, I had already sent them my CV. They didn't need to interview me. Got it. 50 years, excuse me. I'm a palliative care expert. I'm a cancer nurse expert, and I'm a midwife. What else do we need? We've got the beginning and the end and everything in between. So yesterday I had my first shift i was a buddy with somebody who took me around to her four clients for the day got it it was fabulous i'm so proud of you i was back into being a very very good nurse within minutes of getting into her car actually yeah 
So it was, but you see, that's what I do. Wherever I am, Denise, in the world, when I'm talking to those groups of young women, I'm actually educating and caring. I'm a midwife, so I can educate from that side. I'm a palliative care nurse. I can talk about that. I'm a cancer nurse. I can talk about that. You know, you name it, I can talk. Well, actually, under under cement, really. (laughs) And now I have to tell you, I cannot thank you enough for being our guest today. My pleasure, love. I want you to come back because, it, and I will tell people because you were. Would you, would you mind telling them that I got up at three o'clock in the morning to be? Oh, now I have to you. Now, only you again. It's you with the perfect manicure but a broken wrist. When we first, when I said, Anne, I'd love you to be a guest on the podcast. If people don't know, Anne's eighteen hours ahead of us. Yep. That meant that for uh, Cindy and I to do it at 10 o'clock here in L.A., Anne had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I when she told me that, I immediately said, no, ridiculous. We can't do that. That's horrible. And you said to me, Al, just think it's like I'm getting ready to deliver a baby. Yeah, or going on. I'm on a night duty shift, so don't worry about it. I mean, whatever. What, you know, I did that for years. It's easy. It's just a matter yeah. of getting up. And it was 3 o'clock, not 4. Would you get oh, it right? Okay. Oh, my God. Now, (laughs) I want you to come back and be a guest. And what I'd love to talk about, so that because I know the audience would be fascinated, is about when you were at the end of people's lives. Yes. yes. And your experiences with their death. I have the most fabulously sad, heartbreaking and wonderful experiences. That's what we will talk about it again. Yep. And I cannot thank you enough for today. I hope that I asked you the questions. I did. I think I told you this, but talk about it really. And it's, it's about aging well. That's yeah. what you. Well, I think you did very well. And every now and then you had to sort of stop me in my tracks and redirect me. You did a good job. You know, <laughs> renegotiate. Excuse me. Get the fucking horse. Talk about horses. Grab that horse and stop it from running away. Uh Yes. But that's okay. That's That's only because I've got so much energy. You do. It's wonderful. I want to thank everyone that listens. I want to tell people that we we will post this. We're going to post some pictures of Anne when Cindy puts it up to broadcast the podcast. I want to thank Cindy because Cindy keeps the train on the tracks. Otherwise, this would never happen. And Anne to come back and be a guest with us again. And the other thought that I have about um, you being a guest again is then we'll talk about your progress on the writing that you've been doing. Because I think, you know, that would be of I don't I, I know this. Two or three of the women in our group now, in our Tuscany troop, that said they never have written anything, have turned in one or two incredible exercises. Yes. Just proving that if you set your mind to it, that you can do it. May I, can, if I can just make a simple yes. comment on that, Denise, which is pretty yes. impressive for me to do anything simple. You see, my story is my specific, and this is, by the way, Alison, this is not me, except I know this too. My story is my idiosyncratic, individual, iconic story. Yes. As is yours. 
as is Cindy's, as is everybody else on the group. And given that we've got, what, how many millions of people in the world is beyond my comprehension to even begin to think? I know there's 27 million Australians, which is not a great number for the country size. Every one of those people is different. And therefore, what I write may not appeal to the vast majority, but it may appeal to one or two hundred or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? So everybody's writing is so idiosyncratic and so relevant and so much their life. Yes. There's no right way to write. I agree. I couldn't agree more. All right, madam. Well, I'm going. I want to thank you again. I'm sure you're you're going out to build a building or redo a, redo something this afternoon. I know you, maybe you'll go back to bed for an hour or two. Well, I you... could do, but then I'm going down to my local cafe for a coffee. Oh, which, yes, I... by the way, <laughs> isn't the best coffee in the world, but it's the best place. There you go. So, so oh. I don't go for the coffee. I go for the place. Now, that's a lesson for you, Missy. I... You are correct. Thank you, Anne. All right. Thank you, Miss Cindy. Thank you for everyone that listens. If you have any questions, you want to reach out to us at womanbeyond at icloud.com. And Anne, thank you again. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Pleasure. Okay. Fabulous. Bye, love.